skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieks uh, will shatter your soul, yeah. seal your doom. Like reds for like a fucking hour. I don't know how I did it. We got real fucking trains. Oh, speaking of spooky vibes. Shit. I have Sir Booberry here with me today. Sir Booberry comes from New Jersey. Hey guys, I'm Sir Booberry. Hey guys. Jersey sucks. <laughs> friends don't let friends live in New Jersey. Don't let them do it. Please. It's awful. Save your booberries. So, booberry. Yep. Creepypasta. Uh, define it. Uh... It is when you leave leftover pasta in the fridge too long, it gets a little moldy, and you go, man, whew, what's that smell? That's some creepy pasta. That is some creepy <laughs> pasta. Unfortunately, it's not the creepy pasta we're talking about tonight. It could be. I mean, that's what I signed up for, so if that's not what we're talking about, I'm, I'm gone. Shit. He ghosted. I am Booberry. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I... I fucking made a joke! <laughs> oh, I see what so, so this is lots of pasta, and on this podcast we tell creepypasta scary stories found from the various corners of the interweb. Interwebs. We're gonna start with Booberry, starting with the first story. What's your experience with creepypasta? Um, I'm an avid reader of Reddit. No sleep. That's about as far as it goes. Some of these have gotten through to sections of Arno Sleep. The later stories that we'll probably be reading are are some of No Sleep's best, but we are starting with the foundation, which is a healthy fiber-based dinner of some creepypastas. This first story, I'm going to let Booberry take it away, is called Coffins. Do I just go? Coffins used to be built with holes in them, attached to six feet of copper tubing and a bell. The tubing would allow air for victims buried under the mistaken impression they were dead. Harold, the Oakdale gravedigger, upon hearing a bell, went to go see if it was children pretending to be spirits. Sometimes it, would also, sometimes it was also the wind. This time, it wasn't either. A voice from below begged, pleaded to be unburied. You, Sarah O'Bannon? Yes, the voice assured. You were born on September 17th, 1827? Yes. The gravestone here says you died on February 19th. No, I'm alive. It was a mistake. Dig me up. Set me free. Sorry about this, ma'am, Harold said, stepping on the bell to silence it and plugging up the copper tube with dirt. But this is August. Whatever you is down there, you ain't alive no more, and you ain't coming up. Spoopy. spoopy. So, uh... I like coffins. Yeah. I was I was introduced to coffins fairly early in the fucking creepypasta game. I mean, it seems like a simple, like simple creepypasta story. Seems like it's not quite Alfredo. It's more of like angel hair. You know, yeah, keep evil. running with the pasta jokes. Yeah, I mean, I plan on it. I'm gonna start with the window. That's the one with Johnny Depp. It is the one with Johnny Depp. Oh no, secret window. That's the one. This is just the window. To the wall. To the sweat jump down <laughs> my balls! All these bitches crawl! Skeet, skeet! I was in my bedroom, doing the typical at-home teenager thing, masturbating. masturbating. 
Jinx, you owe me a soda. Go get me a fucking soda, bitch. Got one right here, and never mind. Has some rum in it, too. Staying up late. Digging around the depths of the internet. And generally not paying attention to anything other than what was on my monitor. Dem ditties. Big ditties five. It was the early morning around two o'clock and everyone in my house was asleep but me. The room was nice and warm despite it being the dead of winter since we had the windows replaced last week. We had been losing heat, especially in my bedroom, through some old storm windows, but the bitter cold was now kept outside. I don't remember what I was doing. I think in the terror that consumed me, I must have forgotten. I heard a noise at my window. Not the sound of a bug flying into it, or the shrubs brushing against it. No, this was an odd noise, a thumping sound, something I had never heard before. I didn't think anything of it initially, whether that was because I genuinely believed it was nothing, or because I didn't want to find out what it was, I can't say. But I sat there for a moment and just listened to it. It was distinctly rhythmic. It was the rave. It was, it was the rave next door. It was a situation out front. He was like, you can't let me in. Let's go party. It only lasted 15 seconds or so and then stopped. I, Sounds like my sex life. <laughs> I shuddered, but shrugged it off. And after spending another hour or two browsing and consciously not looking toward the window, turned my computer off and fell into an uneasy but uneventful sleep. This morning, after the sun had been up for a few hours and things that go bump in the night were doing whatever they do during the daylight hours, I walked to my window and spent a few minutes trying to replicate the sound I had heard. I tapped the window, bumped it with some soft objects, even locked and unlocked it, but I couldn't for the life of me figure out what had made that sound. Nothing I did was even close. I figured that the event had been a fluke and the day was normal until this evening. My dad arrived home from work at the usual time and decided that the house was too stuffy, so he came into my room and went to open the window. We're in Texas, so winter evenings are sometimes very comfortable, as was the case today. Never in my life before that moment had I genuinely wished to be deaf. My dad forgot to unlock the window before trying to open it, and when he pulled up, it produced the same noise I heard last night. My window only has handles on the inside. The call was coming from inside the house. So he was sleeping in his bed unaware of something near the window Wasn't trying on his to... computer? Oh, he was on his computer. He wasn't even paying attention. So I guess the noise that he was hearing while on his computer was something trying to open the window from the inside. I and get out. I guess. Interesting. But there was nothing in his room, so maybe it was a ghost. Spoopy. Oh, reading the creepypastas. You want to take this next one? Creepypasta. Yep, I'll take it. All right, so this one is called Keyhole. A man went to a hotel and walked up to the front desk to check in. The woman at the desk gave him his key and told him that on the way to his room, there was a door with no number that was locked and no one was allowed in there. Especially no one should look inside the room under any circumstances. So he followed the instructions of the woman at the front desk, going straight to his room and going to bed. The next night, his curiosity would not leave him alone about the room with no number on the door. He walked down the hall to the door and tried the handle. Sure enough, it was locked. He bent down and looked through the wide keyhole. 
Cold air passed through it, chilling his eye. What he saw was a hotel bedroom, like his, and in the corner was a woman whose skin was completely white. She was leaning her head against the wall, facing away from the door. He stared in confusion for a while. He almost knocked on the door out of curiosity, but decided not to. Cher hasn't been doing too well these past couple years. Thanks for, uh, sharing. <laughs> Sherry! <laughs> We're having some laughs. He crept away from the door and walked back to his room. The next day, he returned to the door and looked through the keyhole. This time, all he saw was red. He couldn't make anything out besides a distinct red color. Perhaps the inhabitants of the room knew he was spying the night before and had blocked the keyhole with something red. At this point, he decided to consult the woman at the front desk for more information. She sighed and said, Did you look through the keyhole? The man told her that he had, and she said, Well, I might as well tell you the story. A long time ago, a man murdered his wife in that room, and her ghost haunts it. But these people were not ordinary. They were white all over except for their eyes, which were red. They were albinos. Holy shit, that means he was looking at her eye. Yeah, staring staring right back. They were falling in love. That's fucking creepy. That that's creepy. You don't think it was romantic? Um no. This next one's called The Grocery List. You forgot the milk. I tell you what. My mom giving me a grocery list and forgetting something off that list, there ain't no creepy pasta creepier than that. That's just that's pissy pasta. I get pissed the fuck off. <laughs> I don't get pissed the fuck off. Shit. Mom, I need fucking deodorant. No, 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 all the way around. She's like, "Did you get the milk?" I'm like, "Mom, I got the 99 other items on the list. The only one I needed was milk." <laughs> I don't hear the end of it for like 3 years, you know, Christmas 4 years from now, she'll she'll be sitting there and saying, "Hey, uh, man, I really like this cookie that I'm eating. It would go great with that milk you never got me 4 years ago." And that's my life. That's what I live with. That's beautiful. Uh, I guess. Grocery list. You get a phone call from your mother. And there it starts. Since her car has been in the shop, she asks you to go to the grocery store and pick up a few odds and ends for her. Bread, milk, cereal, and chicken breasts. I'll play with the chicken breasts. thought you were going to say something about the milk. Oh, the milk! You forgot the milk! After writing down a small list, you reluctantly get in the car and pick up the items at the store. The lady cashier makes an odd remark to you. You know, we're in no danger of a milk shortage. It's Pennsylvania! What a fucking bitch. Because it's snowing outside, and in Pennsylvania, everyone needs their bread and milk. For their bread and milk cereal, dinner, and lunch. Oh god, two snowflakes! We need the bread and milk! The bread and milk! The bread and milk! I worked dairy... And I worked dairy holiday season. Oh. Fuck the old all of you. The old people. Pennsylvania as a state, fuck you. And Oh, and God forbid that you were sent to the store for 1% and you came home with 2%. Fucking Holy done. Shit. Fucking done. Upon arriving at her house, you knock several times. No answer. You decide to try the door. It opens. You place the grocery bag on the counter. Strange. There seems to be six other grocery bags, each with identical contents. In a couple, the chicken and milk has gone bad. Mom? You call out, but no answer. You make your way through the kitchen and into the living room. Sitting on the couch, with her head cut off and neatly resting on her lap, is your mother. Holy shit! (laughs) Naturally, you call the police, who come over to investigate. They mention that she has been dead for nearly a week. 
So you bought a lot of groceries that week. Fucking spending my money? Like, I'm more mad about you wasting my money than my mom being dead. And you didn't wonder why the first bag was still there untouched after the first bag? That's a good question. Furthermore, the police psychiatrist is at the scene and talks to you after you give your initial statement. Sitting on the front steps, you overhear the psychiatrist talking with the crime scene investigator. It's not uncommon for people suffering from schizophrenia to get locked into a series of repetitive behaviors, he says. You think to yourself, they can't be talking about me. Schizophrenia? No way. Repetitive behavior? Do they think I did this? Suddenly your cell phone goes off. Hello? Hi, hon. It's me. Could you stop at the store and pick up some chicken and milk? Oh, I need some bread and cereal, too. No problem, Mom. I'll be right over. So it's not schizophrenia, it's ghost mom. You've taken that pretty well for seeing his mom's head on, his, on her lap. I imagine the schizophrenia is what made him refresh. I guess, so he is schizophrenic then. No, I was joking. Like, he definitely is. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought you were like, he doesn't have schizophrenia. No, I just like the idea of a ghost mom more. Alright, this one's called Accident. In my underwear. No, he shit himself. Late one night, a married couple were driving home from a party. They lived in a small village outside the city, and their journey took them down a winding mountain road that passed through a dense forest. More like a dank forest. Oh, that's where I am. <laughs> Weed. Go, 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 get lit. Smoke yourself some beautiful land before time. I'm going home. Don't ever call me again. It was raining heavily. No, wait. <laughs> It was raining heavily, and the husband was driving slowly to negotiate. Negotiate? I think I should be navigate. I was talking to the road, hon. <laughs> you damn roads. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna change that to navigate. Was driving slowly to navigate the sharp turns in the road. As they came around a bend, they were shocked to see a car that was stuck in the ditch by the side of the road. It looked as if it had skidded off the road and crashed into a big tree. They drove past the crashed car and pulled over on the side of the road to see if they could help. The husband got out and dashed back to the scene of the accident. The front end of the car was crushed, and the wind windscreen, the windshield, was cracked. <laughs> Who wrote this? This is written by a fifth grader that doesn't actually know how words work oh, yet. Oh, all right. Well, you know, fuck them. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. But the up. windscreen Go. is the best part of the car. And the windshield was cracked. Brushing the rain off the side window, he could see that there were people inside. There were two passengers in the front seat, a man and a woman. They were covered in blood, and their heads were hanging limp on their shoulders. Looking closer, he was horrified when he realized that both of them had almost been decapitated. Their heads were hanging on by a few threads. There was nothing he could do for them. They were obviously dead. Staring through the back window, he spotted a young girl curled up on the back seat. Although she was slumped over at an awkward angle, she did not seem to be badly injured. Her seatbelt had probably protected her from the full force of the crash. Taking hold of the handle, he used all his might to wrench open the back door. The girl appeared to be at around 7 or 8 years old. Her face was deathly pale, and there was some blood in her face. He reached in and felt for her pulse. Suddenly, the little girl's eyes flickered open. She was still alive. The man breathed a sigh of relief. Are you alright? asked the man gently. The girl didn't reply. She seemed to still be dazed from the impact. Thinking quickly, the man scooped her up in his arms and ran back to his car, clutching her tightly. The parents are dead, he told his wife. The girl looks okay, but I can't be sure. We've got to get her to a hospital as fast as possible, said his wife. She could have internal injuries. They placed the girl on the back seat of their car and wrapped her in a blanket to keep her warm. Then the couple drove off as quickly as possible in search of the nearest hospital. I'm going to take a wild guess. This child is a curse, and they're going to end up the same way. Uh, You know, like a ring kind of thing? 
like a grudge kind of thing. Grudge kind of thing, yeah. Okay, that's fair. I, I expect like her parents to show up, like completely fine. The people that were in the car. And Why'd like, you take my kid? Why'd you take my kid? Right. That's my kid. <laughs> that's my kid. The atmosphere in the car was intense. They were driving at full speed down the winding mountain road. The husband kept his eyes glued to the road. Wait, maybe, maybe she'll be like a prankster. Like she got in their car, like, like a gremlin. Like she needed help, and they speed off to get her to a hospital. Oh, I'm going to crash yeah, you! Yeah, all right. I uh, fuck you, fuck your cars. I crash you all. Weed's a hell of a drug, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Stay away from drugs. Dare. We're going back. Dare to be different. Throwing it back to episode one. Drugs are really easy. Being cheesy. The husband kept his eyes glued to the road. He had to concentrate on the bends and curves. It was still raining hard, and the road was slippery. He wanted to make sure they didn't have an accident. The wife examined a map of the area. She was trying to figure out the fastest route to the hospital. The couple in the car were horribly injured, said the husband. Their heads were hanging off. His wife didn't reply. It was the worst accident I've ever seen, he said. She still didn't reply. He turned to look at his wife. Her eyes were bulging out, staring into space. Her mouth was wide open in a silent scream. Her throat was slit from ear to ear. Blood was pouring down the front of her dress. Suddenly, he glanced in the rearview mirror and saw the little girl licking a bloody knife. Ha! It was the girl. But it wasn't a cursed ghost. No, no, no. The little girl's just a little fucking murderer. She was just a little bitch. I'm, is she one of those, like, Benjamin Button syndromes where she's, like, actually... Like, like the movie or- Orphan. Yeah, where like, she's, like, 40, but she looks like she's 13. But I enjoyed that one. I like how That one was a little bit more... You could see it coming, though. Oh, yeah. That Cre- one was a lot creepy more. Creepy girl in the middle of the woods. Not gonna question it. Like, interesting. She was good at her job. Her job. And her job was killing people. Yeah, that uh, definitely had like an orphany vibe to it. I liked it. That was good. Ten out of ten. Would never read again. <laughs> Sir Arthur Conan Booberry here, everyone. Uh, this next story, I'm gonna have you play some dialogue with me. Ooh. This one's a little bit longer. If you're confused, I mean, I'll, I mean, I'm gonna have. I to mean, I'm, I'm always to go back. I'm always confused. That's my secret, Captain. I'm always fucking confused. <laughs> oh, it's good. So this one is called Booth World Industries, and I actually really enjoyed this. It was a completely random pasta that I just found on Creepypasta. Is this, um, is this Pitbull's, like, record label? Yeah, Booth World Not Industries, like- Mr. Worldwide. Pitbull. Booth World Industries. Even if I wanted your help, you couldn't give it to me because your help is useless. Why? Because you're not a member. I just wish that I wasn't either. It all started innocently enough, with a phone call. I've been up for a few hours unpacking and cleaning, waiting for the plumber to call. I just moved into a cabin, and the contractors fucked everything up. Because of that, I now have the wonderful task of making calls to competent people that can fix what the original contractors did wrong. The phone rang at 12.06. Not bad, I thought. Usually plumbers don't bother to call or show up until 5. When I picked up the phone... I didn't even get a chance to say hello before a woman on the line told me to please hold for the next available operator. I hopped up and sat on the cabinet in the kitchen. It was one of the few places in the cabin not occupied with boxes. Elevator music leaked into my ear. I'd started to drowse off when the music stopped and a piano chord that sounded like it was three notes that didn't quite go together played through the receiver twice. A voice came on the line. Welcome to Booth World Industries. My name is Samantha, and I will be your operator today. Name? I didn't know what to say, so I told the operator my name. Sir, we know who you are. I'm your operator. Please give me a name to access. I don't understand. 
I said. It can be anyone, sir. We just need a name. Uh, okay, I said. I made up a name. Uh, Harold Withers. Sir, as your operator, I must point out that fictitious names or the names of people that you don't know cannot be used. Used for what? I asked. How had she known that I'd made up that name? The whole thing felt like it was some sort of prank, but hardly anyone knew my phone number. Remodeling. Remodeling? Is this the plumber? I asked. Welcome to Booth World Industries. My name is Samantha, and I will be your operator today. Name? I took that as a yes and gave them the name of an old ex-girlfriend, Jessica Goodwin. I could hear the clicking of a keyboard on the other end of the phone. It sounded like the woman was pounding the thing with her fists. My ass. <laughs> Fucking keys! After a few moments of this, she returned. Jessica Goodwin, she said. Remodeling is scheduled for August 21st, 2015. Would you like to reschedule? I was silent on my side of the phone. I couldn't believe this. Someone had to be playing a prank on me. Who is this? Is this you, Jessica? Are you playing a prank on me? I asked. The woman didn't respond for a long time. I thought that whoever was on the other end of the phone was holding in a laugh. Hello? I asked. Yes or no, sir? The woman asked back. Yes? I said, not understanding what the woman was asking. I have a Tuesday appointment available. Will that work? At this point, I thought I was going insane, and that it actually was the plumbing. What about today? I asked. Do you have anything available for today? Normally we can't arrange for a reschedule on such short notice, but today we have a cancellation. How does three o'clock work for you? Three o'clock is fine, I said. Three o'clock it is then. Would you like a courtesy call? Sure. Wonderful. We at Booth World Industries say thanks and welcome to the club. You have a marvelous day. The strange chord played twice again, and the line went dead. I rolled my eyes and went back to unpacking. My phone rang at three o'clock on the dot that afternoon. Hello? I said. Sir, this is Samantha with Booth World Industries again. Your courtesy call begins now. What do you... I began to say, but was cut off by those diminished chords blaring into my ear. Then I heard Jessica's voice. Why are you doing this? Jessica asked. I could hear the tears in her voice. Jessica? I asked. Sir, the operator said. She cannot hear you. This is a courtesy call. The appointment has already concluded. Please, Jessica begged. Please don't do this. I'll do anything you want, I'll... Jessica's voice choked off into a wheeze. All mad, and, and all I could hear on the other end of the phone was rustling of clothing and more wheezing. Eventually it stopped and someone picked up the other end. The scheduled work has been completed, a man's voice said. We at Booth World Industries say thanks and welcome to the club. You have a marvelous day. Sir, the operator came back on the line. Was that to your satisfaction? I sat there for a long time, cold sweat dripping down my ribcage. Jessica was my ex, because I walked in on her and my best friend fucking at the party in high school. I smiled and whispered, that was perfect. Wonderful, the operator said. We at Booth World Industries aim to serve. Would you like to make another appointment? As I stared at the water leaking from the door of the dishwasher, I smiled even bigger. Yes, I said. Yes, I would. Name? Dan. I don't have a last name. He's a contractor. Dan Arancibia, July 13th, 2032. Would you like to reschedule? Yes, I said. How would Wednesday work for you? Didn't you say you had a Tuesday appointment available? 
I asked. I did, but unfortunately that slot has been filled by another member. Would Wednesday work for you? No, I said. I have a job interview that day. What about Thursday? Unfortunately, Thursday will not work. You are due for remodeling Wednesday night. What? I asked. She repeated the same exact thing to me again. Unfortunately, Thursday will not work. You are due for remodeling Wednesday night. Can we reschedule my remodeling? I asked. Of course we can, sir, the woman said. It sounded like she was smiling on the other end of the phone. There's always a way. I waited for her to tell me how. She didn't speak. How? I asked. Boothworld Industries is always looking to add new members. We are, of course, a membership-by-invitation-only club. Sadly, our membership numbers have fallen in recent years. Economic recessions, wars, politics. What we would like you to do, in order to avoid your own remodeling appointment, is to help us add several new members. The light at the end of the tunnel, I thought. How many members do you need? I asked. One thousand. I choked. One thousand? Yes, sir. Otherwise, we'll have to keep our scheduled appointment. We must inform you that the member that scheduled this appointment did request a courtesy call. Everything stopped at that point for me. All my life, I'd just skated by, not doing anything, not making a difference. My mouth actually dried up. I'd always thought that was just a thing people wrote in books to be dramatic. It's not. I'll get you your 1,000 members, I whispered. We at Booth World Industries say thanks and welcome to the club. You have a marvelous day. The connection ended. I hung up the phone and stared at it for a long time. I'm scheduled for early modeling on Wednesday. These drapes are just fucking ugly. I wanted marble tile. <laughs> this is granite. <laughs> and somewhere, someone will be getting a courtesy call to listen to my last few breaths if I don't get 1,000 members to join Booth World Industries. Granite! It's funny. I'd always wanted to join an elite club. Skull and Bones. New World Order. I'm not sure how I got in, but now I'm a member. I've got until Wednesday to enjoy it. Like I said at the beginning, even if I wanted your help, you couldn't give it to me because you're not a member. Membership is by invitation only. I'm inviting you in. You can help me. Just call. Eight six seven five three oh nine. Jenny, Jenny. <laughs> Beautiful. Right. The uh, I'm not even gonna say the ending number because it looks like bullshit. What if it spells something out though? I forget where I read it. It might have been the same thing or, or something similar, but I think there there was a number attached to it. I don't know if this is the same one back when I read it, but I think it did take like it did call something that had something creepy set up to it. I don't, well, I am not calling this number. Well, I appreciate that because I don't want to die. I am. I. I. I never give in to the gypsies that write stories on the interwebs. No, 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 no. I don't fuck around with that black magic shit. No, but I will try and decipher this to see if it spells anything. Three. No, I yeah, can't do this it. anymore. This, this is. is one letter, this yeah. is like a fucking variable. Yeah, that's too much. Because you got three. For yeah, each you one. don't know. You don't know, dude. That's like. I was I was bad at math. <laughs> we're done. We're done. Booth World Industries. Booth World Industries. I actually really like that story. I like that one a lot. And I liked I liked switching it off. It was like a play. That was nice. It was fun. I had a fun time, Daddy. Sir Arthur Conan Booberry. Just based on the on the name, I think I know what this one is. Very simple. It's it's gone through a couple different iterations, like. 
Um, clown? clown statue. Yeah, okay. Clown statue, angel statue. Okay. It's whatever it is. It's a clown angel statue. Okay. All right. So I have read this one before. I like this one a lot. This one's very. Uh, I like stories more on the short side, like that leave you on like um like a super crazy punchline or like, yeah. like a punchline cliffhanger. Like a cliffhanger. Yeah, I like those a lot. And this one, I have the original ending. I do not have the added ending. There's an added ending. You have to tell me what that is after the. Yeah, I will after after. Okay. Cool. Well, this is the statue. A few years ago, a mother and father decided they needed a break, so they wanted to head out for a night in the town. They called their most trusted babysitter. When the babysitter arrived, the two two children were already fast asleep in bed, so the babysitter just got to sit around and make sure everything was okay with the children. Later that night, the babysitter got bored and went to watch TV, but she couldn't watch it downstairs because they did not have cable downstairs. The parents didn't want their children watching too much garbage. So she called them and asked them if she could watch cable in the parents' room. Of course, the parents said it was okay, but the babysitter had one final request. She asked if she could cover up the angel statue outside the bedroom window with a blanket or cloth, at the very least close the blinds because it made her nervous. The phone line was silent for a moment, and the father who was talking to the babysitter at the time said, Take the children and get out of the house. We will call the police. We do not have an angel statue. I love that one. That, even just reading that, knowing how that story went, like I got chills through my body. It's a good that one. I good love one. that I one. one a lot. Um, that's that's probably one of the oldest ones that has been circulated through the creepypastas and the no sleep web. Oh my god, I've I've seen this story, like you said, with different angel clown on Tumblr, on Reddit, on Facebook, on. I'm like, sure it's been it. done in a short. I, so what was the the other ending? Oh, so the added ending that someone tacked on that people enjoyed enough to to follow it was um something very short like within three minutes the police got there and they found the babysitter and the children murdered that's just like that's what you expect to happen so you assume that the thing out there yeah but let us get let us let us get to the conclusion right like it it almost like forces closure on you and it kind of gets rid of the scare factor like the scare factor is like what happened to them but exactly you like like being left like it's just the tip, you know, you, you can't just put your balls in. No, you can't, like, no, that's not how it works. Like, you gotta leave them, you gotta leave them wanting more. more. Like, first knuckle in the asshole, you don't go third <laughs> knuckle. <laughs> you don't go all the way to the prostate. I'm just kidding, I'm very straight. I have a beautiful girlfriend. Don't believe a word of it. Something's not right. A sound wakes you up. It sounded like a knock on your front door. It's way past midnight, you're lying on the sofa with the TV on static. The house is dark, the lights are off, you're all alone. You look out the window, see there's a full moon shining its light through the glass pane. You get up and head towards the front door. You look through the peephole. No one outside. You open the door. Find no one. You check around the porch. Still no one. Maybe kids were playing tricks on you. Annoyed, you shut the door, turn off the TV, close the window, and head upstairs to your bedroom for the night the window is open yeah you're right yeah it sounds like shining its light through the glass pane that means it was closed uh-huh i guess so someone either came in through the window or yeah i guess that's what it wants i mean third this is full of loose loose ends yeah. at first i was like wait it also sounds like unfinished but yeah. i know i copied it correctly because like- i remember being just as confused by the ending yeah, I, at first I was like, wait, that's not scary. But then I was like, wait, close the window. The window wasn't... I don't think they've ever mentioned the window being open. That one's weird. That one just left me with an unsettled feeling, not scared feeling. I feel like you're going to like this one. Burn! I raced across the hospital as fast as I could. 
I should have been heading home, but I'd just been called about an emergency admission. I entered the private room and I gasped at what I saw. In all my years treating burns, I have never seen anything that came close to this. The man on the bed had burns covering the entirety of his body. His skin was charred black. Blood and pus wept from the cracks in his destroyed flesh. What made the situation even worse was that he had to be physically restrained by two of the bigger male nurses I knew. Let me fucking go, he screamed. I can't stay here. He'll come back for me. Jesus, had this been the result of a premeditated attack? Doctor, the first nurse greeted me. He kept he keeps giving us false details, possibly due to the trauma. He seems to think he's dead. Date of birth, June 12th, 1972. Date of death, January 6th, 2014. The patient bellowed, Now let me go! He's coming! I'd heard people say some crazy things when they'd been on pain relief, but this guy sent shivers down my spine. Something was really wrong. I took a few more steps towards him, scanning the burns he'd suffered. As I did, this whole thing had started to feel like a weird out-of-body experience. What are you? I heard myself ask. He stopped screaming and fighting against the nurses. He slowly turned to me, stared straight into my eyes, and calmly spoke. My name is David John Cooper. I am the first person to escape from hell. At the beginning of a great TV show or graphic novel. I, uh, I like that story. It wasn't so much creepypasta, I don't think, as much as it was kind of just like... It's kind of just like, oh, oh, fucking, fucking has, has something to do with demons. Lucifer gonna come for you. He gonna clap that ass. <laughs> Very true. <coughs> ah, fuck. You wanna? No. Oh. This one's called Guardians. Yeah, either of the galaxy or um, the last Guardians. I liked that. Wasn't that the Easter Bunny Santa Claus movie? Oh yeah, I liked that movie. That was a good movie. With, uh, Hugh, with Hugh Jackman played the Easter Bunny. Um, Jack Frost. Jack Frost. That's the one. Yeah. Jack Frost, uh, Tooth Fairy. It's uh, some good shit. Sandman. Was was a real high when I saw that. Uh, I was not. I just thoroughly <laughs> enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah, Sandman was real high. The the thing you got to ask yourself, ladies and gents, is. Uh, whenever you're watching a movie, you got to ask yourself, is the protagonist high? And um, usually the answer is yes. Uh, I feel like I agree with that. Sandman was. Oh, Sandman was big. Guardians. He awoke to the huge insect-like creatures looming over his bed oh, so and screamed his lungs out. Yeah, so this is the guardian of the acid. All right, cool. I like it. They hastily left the room, and he stayed up all night shaking and wondering if it had been a dream. The next morning, there was a tap on the door. Gathering his courage, he opened it to see one of them gently place a plate filled with fried breakfast on the floor, then retreat to a safe distance. Then retreat to a safe distance. Bewildered, he accepted the gift. The creatures chittered, chittered. The creatures chittered excitedly. I said, chitter, chitter, chitter. I'm so excited, chitter. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Uh, this happened every day for weeks. I fucking love breakfast food. I, Leave me alone, praying mantis people. I, I give me more breakfast. I would. I fucking would have sex with scrambled eggs for every day of my life. There's so many breakfast foods, let alone fried breakfast foods, that I could just eat for all eternity. I, one of my favorite things to do is eat breakfast for dinner. I love breakfast for dinner. Oh yeah, love breakfast for dinner. This happened every day for weeks. At first, he was worried they were fattening him up. But after a particularly greasy breakfast left him clutching his chest from heartburn, they were replaced with fresh fruit. As well as cooking, they poured hot steamy baths for him and even tucked him in. When he went to bed, it was bizarre. 
One night, he awoke to gunshots and screaming. He raced downstairs to find a decapitated burglar being devoured by the insects. He was sickened, but disposed of the remains as best he could. He knew they had just been protecting him. One morning, the creatures wouldn't let him leave his room. He lay down confused, but trusting as they ushered him back into bed, whatever their motives, they weren't going to hurt him. Hours later, a burning pain spread throughout his body. It felt like his stomach was filled with razor wire. Ooh, razor wire. The insects chittered as he spasmed and moaned. It was only when he felt a terrible squirming feeling beneath his... It was only when he felt a terrible chirming... Chirming. Chittering and squirming combined. I hate myself. Kill me. It was only when he felt a terrible squirming feeling beneath his skin that he realized the insects hadn't been protecting him. They had been protecting their young. Inside of his anus! <laughs> Alright, so that had an alien vibe to it. I, I, was, I was trying to call a twist earlier on, and the twist I had initially imagined was... Um, it would turn out these insects were the humans and they were protecting some kind of mutant son of theirs. Like, and, and this kid just, like, schizo. This kid yeah. was just fucking looped out of his fucking mind. He, he thought they were bug people. Okay. I thought he would, like, kill them, and then their bodies would turn back into people or something. Huh. I kind of thought it was going to be some kind of, like... You ever see a Twilight Zone episode where the, the person wakes up in a hospital and, like, everyone's face is, like, Yeah, pigs? the pig face. Yeah, kind of one of those. The popular pig face yeah, episode. Yeah, kind of like one of those. Is this going to be, like, a quintessential Cabin in the Woods kind of story? No. No. Ooh, all right. House in the Woods There was a hunter in the woods who, after a long day hunting, was in the middle of an immense forest. It was getting dark, and having lost his bearings, he decided to head in one direction until he was clear of the increasingly oppressive foliage. If I knew any One Direction jokes, I would make them right now, but I'm not nearly, like, questioning my mortality and sexuality enough to actually delve into that kind of comedy. Baby, you light up my world like nobody else. I'm glad you're confident enough. After what seemed like hours, he came across a cabin in a small clearing. Realizing how dark it had grown, he decided to see if he could stay there for the night. He approached and found the door ajar. Nobody was inside. The hunter flopped down on the single bed, deciding to explain himself to the owner in the morning. As he looked around, he was surprised to see the walls adorned with many portraits, all painted in incredible detail. Without exception, they appeared to be staring down at him, their features twisted into looks of hatred. Staring back, he grew increasingly uncomfortable. Making a concerted effort to ignore the many hateful faces, he turned to face the wall, and exhausted, he fell into a restless sleep. Face down in an unfamiliar bed, he turned blinking in unexpected sunlight. Looking up, he discovered that the cabin had no portraits, only windows. That's weird. It's a crew of fucking people in That's the woods at night weird, watching dude. you fucking sleep, touching your bum. That's weird. You don't look like you enjoyed that. Well, that's... I don't know. That's weird. That one... Uh, the idea of people, like, watching you... Like, a, a group of people And just, like, their twisted faces just staring down like at you all night anything. to the point that they looked like pictures. They were so stoic yeah. and so fucking... They could have been ghosts. They could have been anything. Like, it's one thing if, you know they killed him or you know something bad happened but like what was their motive i mean it's even creepier when nothing happens it's like what's their motive why are they just in the woods why are they staring at him is that their cabin are they lost it's the like uh, it's the monthly go stare at the person sleeping in our cabin circle jerk oh i must have missed my invite for the uh for the most recent month 
I'll have to up my subscription. So you could just whopper face as you spank it to like some lumberjack sleeping on the bed. He's just fucking exhausted. <laughs> exhausted from riding my dick. Oh, so this was lots of pasta with Sir Booberry. Uh How did you feel about this, Sir Booberry? Uh Overall, I liked the stories. Some I knew, some I did not. Um, it's a learning experience for all. It is a very, very good learning experience, but I'm, I'm quite famished. I have a question for you, sir. <laughs> what? Do you want to go to the diner? Yes. And I get more ass than a toy.